the gladiator mentality and people look at us like, oh, okay, really? Right, yeah, really. All right, let's do this Diamond Envy podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Diamond Envy, as always, brought to you by Cavens Group. Check them out at cavensgroup.com. I hope you don't have any frozen or busted pipes, but if you do, Cavens uh, Emergency Repair 24-7, they're on the call, cavensgroup.com. Speaking of cold nights, not even a cold November night could calm down the OU bats on Wednesday. And it was a cold night on Wednesday night. I salute those of you who sat through the entirety or even some of that Battle Series Game 4. You saw another great show, but man, I saw more than a few fans bundled up under blankets for that Battle Series game uh, on Wednesday night. But uh, hey, once again, you were treated to a great performance by the team, a fun performance by the team, and a performance by the Pride as well. I, I did see that on ESPN+. Plus. Not sure how loud it was inside the park, but watching the game on ESPN Plus, you could see the pride going like their uh, pregame halftime routine out there. So that was, uh, I, I was laughing about that. That was pretty funny. Uh, watching the softball team while listening to the pride do their thing out in the uh, outfield, out there in left field, center field. Not the worst way to spend a uh, Wednesday night, right? But hey, another fun battle series game with, yes, you guessed it, several home runs. Some good pitching happened, some good defensive plays that I really liked, and we'll obviously get to that. But, you know, maybe that wasn't the cleanest battle series game that we've seen so far this fall. Um, but I do think that there's some players who are really showing their best overall or have shown flashes of their best throughout the past few weeks. And. You know, when I say that, when I immediately think of, okay, who's not necessarily the best player? Let's not rank who the best players are. Let's let's rank instead who's shown the most potential, like who's shown their best up to this point. And I don't know about the rest of you. Not that TRA or Jada or, you know, the household names on this roster aren't showing out and playing well, but I think of Hannah Kura. That's who immediately comes to mind. And rightfully so. I mean, she had two more home runs on Wednesday night. Two more, and this was after two home runs last week in the Battle Series game. She is on fire right now. E even in the cold weather, cold weather apparently doesn't bother Hannah Coor, can't slow her down right now. And so that's who I'm thinking of when I think of players who have taken advantage of their opportunities the most. She's showing incredible power, and I know, get in line, right? Like several on this team have a ton of power, but four home runs the past two Battle Series games, I don't think anyone else has, has done that here over the course of the past eight days or so. But, like, she had an inning. She had an inning on Wednesday night where she was three for three with five RBIs and a three-run home run. It doesn't, doesn't feel like it's like a fluky fall or she just falling into the right matchups or something. Like, no, it feels like Anna Coor is, like, legit. Like, she's showing some excellent stuff right now, especially at the plate, and that's why I think this time is so valuable to the team, the staff, the players, like just everyone. It allows certain players to really flex and show their best stuff. Now, clearly this is a team that will win by wide margins throughout the year. They'll win in run rule fashion. So OU has opportunities to put players in the game. Well, unless it's a four or five inning run rule, right? That's why the fall is so important. It gives everyone on the roster ample opportunities 
to kind of showcase what they got out on the field, in the circle, at the plate, and against other really good players as well with the overall depth of this roster. And Hannah Core right now is just making you say, yeah, she's got a real chance to be a big contributor this year. You know, wasn't necessarily a year ago, but she's doing incredible things. So that's what I like about this time of the year. It allows players to show what they're capable of, show how much they've improved, and maybe Hannah Core was this good all along, and we just didn't see it last year because of all the depth in front of her, but she is uh, making a big impression right now. On me, I'm, I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess on Patty as well. Again, four home runs in two days or in, in the past two games. That's pretty spectacular, but doing incredible things right now. So bow down to Hannah and uh, what she's been able to do so far this fall. And me thinks that's not going to slow down anytime soon. Why, why would I think that? Nothing fluky about four home runs hitting for the power that she has and doing some of the things defensively. She's a good softball player. And uh, yeah, you're going to see her a lot in the regular season as well. Another player that I think of, here's a newcomer for you. How about Cassidy Pickering? Two home runs on Wednesday night and a newcomer that has had a really strong fall at the plate. If you want to talk about newcomers that have shown out the best at the plate so far this fall, Cassidy Pickering is absolutely in that conversation, no question, and probably number one on that list right now. You know, like the power that she's shown, and we've covered it in the episode a couple of weeks ago, but... When I think of Cassidy Pickering, and I know that this is very early in her career, she's got to prove a lot of things. She's got to prove it in you know more spots than just an intra-squad scr- scrimmage, but you can see the tools are there to be a big-time player for this program. And I, I think that she'll have a chance to contribute in a big, big way this year. I don't think there's, there's much question. But if you want to get bigger picture, I think when we're talking about Cassidy Pickering, she has an opportunity to be one of those household names in the program that we've seen so much recently. Like, for instance, when I say Grace, you know who I'm talking about, right? I don't need to put the lions behind it. You just say Grace. Same thing for Jossie. Same thing for G recently. Like, you know all of those instantly. And then you have those players right now on the roster. Kinsey, Tiare, Jada. It's it's always a first name or a nickname basis for the well-known names within the program, right? And you know, some of those names that I just talked about on the team this year, it's their last year of eligibility. Those names a year from now won't be with the program anymore, at least on a player basis. And so you're looking for that next crop of household names, next crop of names. They're going to lead this program moving forward after Kinsey and TRA and Jada. And I think Cassidy Pickering, or Cassidy or Pickering, or whatever nickname we come up with for her, it's going to be on a first, last name, nickname basis, like I said. But I think she's got a chance to be one of those names. Like, one of those names. I absolutely think that she, along with some of these other newcomers, had that opportunity. And again, if you didn't catch the episode a few weeks back, we covered this with some of those names. But Cassidy Pickering, be uh, be excited about her. And if you've watched any of these Battle Series games this year, this year, I don't have to tell you to be excited about her. You already are. And speaking of those household names... I mentioned Kinsey, Tiare, and Jada currently. In the past, I mentioned Jossie, G, and Grace. But another one of those names now that's right there in that group with Kinsey, Tiare, and Jada, it's Brito. And you know who she is. Don't need to say the first name. You know who Brito is. You've known her 
for a while now, but you know her this fall as a hitter who's just hitting absolute tanks over the bleachers uh, right now. Did it again on Wednesday night. Surprise, right? Like it's gonna be a it's going to be a real challenge for me from like now until the end of the season. However far this team goes, but like from now till the end of the season, to say something new about Brito, like because I, I feel like I've said it all over the past few years. She just she does everything well. Great glove. We've seen that in left field. Seen it at third base. Seen it at shortstop so far this fall. Right. Incredible bat with phenomenal power. And she also seems like she's just a really good teammate and a good person. I I don't know Brito personally. I I don't. Um, but I feel like we kind of in some ways end up knowing these players to some extent, especially when you watch them every single game, how open the program is compared to that of other sports. Like you just you don't know them personally, but you kind of feel like you get to know what they're all about by the end of their career. And she just seems like a really like a great person and one that's incredibly easy to root for. So yeah, Brito hit another tank. Hey. Wash, rinse, repeats on this podcast, on the Diamond Envy podcast, talking about Brito hitting another bomb and just jumps off her bat, man. Just really, really jumps off her bat. That was the case last year. She just looks like she's in mid-form right now at the plate. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope I can find something new to say about her soon other than all the nice things I continue to repeat. But in my defense, it's all true. It, it, it's all true when it comes to Brito. She is uh, fantastic, and I'm just not going to be shocked. I'm going to say it now, November 2nd. feel like I said it last week. I'm not going to be shocked if Brito is the leader in home runs in college softball this year. I know that's a big take. It's a big take to say that she's going to lead this team in home runs with all the power that you have up and down the lineup. Mentioned Hannah Core earlier. You know what you got with TRA and Jada and Kinsey? Like, there's so many candidates for that, but I'll say it again, just just to double down on it, I just wouldn't surprise me if Brito's your team leader and nation leader in home runs this year with the rate that she's hitting balls out of the park right now, and you know that she's going to be in a spot in the order to where she's going to maximize the number of her at-bats, so I just, I, I think it's a pretty good, I don't know if it's under the radar, it's probably under the radar, I'd say that it is, but a nice little pick there that uh, maybe most people nationally wouldn't pick to lead the country in home runs this year, but she's going to absolutely continue to slug the softball. That I am not. That is not a hot take. That is not under the radar. That I am not worried about whatsoever. Uh, mentioned defensively, you know, there are a few plays I'm sure Patty didn't love. There, there was a throw that goes into left field that clears the bases. Um, some things that happen on the infield with some sharply hit balls that weren't fielded cleanly. I'm not going to make too much of that. It's, it's the fall. It's going to happen. It's a cold night. Not a great night for softball, you know. Um, but if you want to get into the positives of things defensively, okay, we can do that. And let's start with Avery Haas, who just looks really smooth over at shortstop. You know, she had a she had a double play up the middle on Wednesday night where she fields the ball right at second base, steps on the bag, and throws it to first. Like, tailor-made double play ball. She makes a play. And, you know, sure, you say, oh, okay, well, most shortstops make that play. And that's probably right. Like, to the teams that are on the level of OU, you expect the shortstop to make that play and make the double play. But 
it was how smooth it looked that made it so impressive. And I think DJ Sanchez, friend of the podcast, awesome. She was on the broadcast last night. I think she also used the word smooth on the broadcast to describe that play because that's what it really looked like. You know, I just, you watch enough softball, you, you can just tell when plays or players, like players make plays, make look really easy, make r- routine. She made a routine play look just like that. Very, very routine with how smooth she was on that play. And that's coming off the heels, obviously, of her being the number one play on SportsCenter last week. So I uh, I think I've seen enough, heard enough to say that Avery Hodge is a really good middle infielder. And this is my opinion on this half. Like I've seen enough, heard enough to know that she's a really good middle infielder. Now back to my opinion, I think she's going to start some games at short this year. Is she your everyday starter? Long ways away from that. Maybe not. But will she see time there? I think so, yeah. I think that she could be one of your better defensive infielders that you have this year. And with how quick she is, how much ground she can cover, there's a lot to like about Avery Hodge playing shortstop. A lot to like there. And especially with how smooth she makes it look at times, really all the time, at, uh, at, at shortstop. We talked about that arm last week. She's got an arm as well. I know she's not maybe your most physically imposing player on the roster, but she's got more than enough arm over at shortstop, so I'm not I'm not worried about that aspect. Really, anything defensively, I'm not worried about with Avery Hodge at short. I think that she's more than capable defensively of being an everyday starter there. Is she a good enough bat to be your everyday shortstop? Yet to be seen. I think that she's a tear on the base paths, but can she be a hitter that you don't expect her to hit for power, but you just need that on-base percentage to be high? Like, maybe that's kind of the the missing link or the missing question as to if she's going to be your everyday shortstop or not. But, obviously, Alyssa Brito is going to be in that mix as well. So, they're going to have options there. Even after losing Grace, everyone knows what Grace was about, how great she was. But you're going to have options there at shortstop. And that's a pretty good spot to be after you lose maybe the greatest shortstop, certainly one of them, in all of program history. It's a pretty good spot to be in. Quincy Lilio made a really nice play at second base last night. Ball up the middle, snags it, gets it to second base for the force out. Probably the defensive play of the night last night. Just nice to see. Um, Like I covered last week, you know, you have multiple players having power uh, throughout the lineup. Multiple players that can hit home runs. Feels like one through nine at any given moment can hit the ball out of the park. But feels like you also have multiple players able to flash the leather at different positions. We know what you got with Jada out in center field. That ain't going to change anytime soon. You know what you got with Riley Boone in the outfield as well, but just mention it with Avery Hodge. Now Quincy Lilio's make, making a nice play. You just have multiple players able to make highlight plays defensively. And it's, it is the under-the-radar thing about this program is you talk first about their power at the play, you talk about what they are in the circle, but I think a lot of people overlook just how good they are defensively, and they are just that. I think they are every bit as good defensively, or at least they have been previously, right, in some of these national championship teams. I think those teams have been just as elite defensively as they've been at the plate or in the circle. Often overlooked, but it really shows up in uh, in big-time moments. It showed up in Oklahoma City quite a few times here recently, I can tell you that much. Pitching-wise, felt like Kelly Maxwell uh, looked like the best that you had in the circle. She did win uh, MVP2 last night, but you just know what you're going to get out there from, from Maxwell. 
great velocity, great stuff, um, a pitcher that's seen big moments. So, you know, she just looks like one of your... Kelly looks like one of your main starters today. Like, if you had to make an opening day lineup or an opening weekend lineup, Kelly looks like she's going to be one of your main starters Friday, Saturday. And I'd be surprised if that's ever a question at any point this year. You just know that she's going to give you high-level outings, start in and start out. So you just you just kind of feel like that. And the reason why is because, well, she's done that in her entire career. And when you have a defense like this behind you, things aren't going to be changing for the worst. Last time I checked, Jada Coleman's always got your back in the circle. So with a better defense behind her, maybe we see the best year that Kelly Maxwell has to offer. She's had some good years before. But what are we talking about with this pitching staff and what it looks like for this team if Kelly Mac- Maxwell, already successful, already a low uh, ERA last year at Oklahoma State, what are we talking about if she has her best season uh, so far this year? Exciting stuff to think about, huh? Early November. Getting you more and more jacked up, ready to go for the season, huh? Thinking about Kelly Maxwell throwing, a bu- uh, throwing up a bunch of zeros next year? Yeah, me too. Don't, don't worry. You're not the only one. Uh, Hannah Coor, MVP1, well-deserved. She's on a tear. Talked about it. MVP two was Kelly Maxwell, and MVP three was Cassidy Pickering. Mentioned all those names, but and none of those are a huge surprise. But it's interesting. Like, let's look at those three MVPs from from Wednesday night. Hannah Coor is a returner, fighting for more playing time. Maxwell is a transfer looking for a national championship, and Pickering is a newcomer that's been showing out. Not a bad trio. I. Not a bad trio at all. And I wouldn't complain if it's MVP1, Jada. MVP2, Brito. MVP3, T.R.A. Jennings or, you know, Kinsey or whoever you want there. But we've kind of seen it consistently throughout the fall. It's it's newcomers. It's transfer portal players. It's a really nice mix up and down. It's not just the same household names that we see game in and game out. I think that bodes well uh, for this team and just the overall depth that it has. Uh, Team 2 did win last night, by the way, in case you are keeping score of the Battle Series. Team 2 put up a 12 spot. Team 1, 7, and Team 3 put up 2. Team 2, by the way, was consisted of Hannah Core, two home runs, Kinsey Hansen, Riley Boone, and Alina Torres. Um, But like I said, all in all, a good day. Team 1 had TRA, Riley Ludlam, Cassidy Pickering, Avery Hodge. Team 3 was Jada Brito, Quincy Lilio, uh, Maya Bland, and uh, Nellie McEnroe uh, Marinus there as well. So that was your uh, Battle Series Game 4 roster. Game 2, or Team 2, I should say, takes it. All in all, a good night on a uh, cold day, and this conti- this team just continues to um, look the part. Continue to look the part. Not perfect. Some things definitely need to improve, but that's with any team. Even the team that will be voted as probably the unanimous number one team in all of college softball this year, even they've got some issues to resolve. And I don't think Patty uh, I don't think Patty necessarily hates that at this point. Uh, all right, as always, appreciate you guys listening each and every single week as we cover the fall and can't wait till get, we get to the spring and talk about actual softball games. But as I continue to say every episode, because it's true, this team is legit, continue to be excited about them, and if you've got an opportunity to go see them play, go see them play. Don't pass an up an opportunity to go see this team play because it's exciting. Maybe you see Hannah Kaur and Cassidy Pickering hit two home runs. Maybe you see Avery Hodge make the number one player uh, number one play on Sports Center. This team is worth spending time on, 
and spending some money on as well. They're a lot, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, thank you for supporting the podcast. Please continue to give it five stars. Uh, continue to uh, say nice things if you think we do nice things here on the Diamond Envy podcast, on whatever podcast front that you choose. Maybe share it with an OU softball fan. I, I would appreciate that if you shared it with an OU softball fan. If you're in the mood of doing something nice, doing a solid for me, I would really appreciate that to continue to grow and grow the podcast. And the podcast has grown. I see the numbers every single week. Um, they continue to be more and more impressive. And they were really impressive. They get really impressive when this team is uh, playing in Oklahoma City for another national championship. But even during the fall, you guys are locked in. You're tuned in. You want to know what's going on. And uh, just, just know that that's very much uh, appreciated. All right, until next week, it is the Diamond Envy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Enjoy the Bedlam football this weekend. We'll talk more softball next week right here on Diamond Envy. Number one.